Hey y'all, part two coming up in just one second here on the Saturday, July 23rd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Moms Podcast, Preds Power Hour, uh, week two here on the program with Charlie Burris of A to Z Sports and Brian Baston of On the Forecheck. Uh, very, very excited to drop this uh, program here on a Saturday as we wrap up uh, the Saturday edition on the Chase Moms Podcast. Um, we were able to talk all things Preds, um, a lot of lot more off-season stuff Um that it's had and then of course sticking with the theme of this weekend uh to chuck who we talked about uh pretty uh for a pretty healthy amount of time at one point in today's program about whether or not he would make sense as a big big swing for uh this preds team um here in the offseason uh he of course is traded uh to the panthers so uh it's a good what if though it's a fun what if exercise of if they could have done something like that and just still kind of a broader conversation on that but we talked about nino sanford uh trennan going to arbitration uh where nashville's offseason ranks around the nhl as a whole and then uh, bill haslam coming in even some tennessee volunteer stuff so it was a lot of fun uh chopping it up with charlie and brian as we do each and every week here on this uh local hour local saturday show here on the chase most podcast on the blue wire pod network uh as always guys um i appreciate you making the chase Moms podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you listen to this very program we greatly appreciate it uh daily sports content sports episodes every single day here on the chase Moms podcast so thank you for your continued support and uh sticking along for the ride uh all kinds of great content each and every day that i love uh putting together for you guys and i appreciate uh your support so uh part two is wrap up here on a saturday afternoon uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to Preds Power Hour. Yeah, that's what we're calling it. I figured it out after recording last week where I was like, what could we call this? What could we brand this? How do we do this? And uh, I went in the lab, as the mm-hmm. kids say, and I came out with Preds Power Hour. So Brian Baston and Charlie Burris are here as they are every single week here on this program. Charlie, though, we have to start with you. How was the the airport uh, surprise? How did uh- everything go? <laughs> Uh, it was great. I yeah, last week I had to bounce out early. It was my wife's birthday that day. Mm-hmm. Took took myself and uh, both of our sets of parents because they are friends. Even our our parents are friends. Also, mm-hmm. we all went to the airport and I took giant balloons and I embarrassed my wife as she walked back out from the terminal and we all sang happy birthday and people like clapped. It was really funny. <laughs> it's <Awesome. laughs> actually great. <laughs> so, so you got uh, other yeah, people involved. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and, and like as we were walking out, because of the balloons, they were so noticeable. People were like, oh, happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was good, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say it was... Uh, I, I, I hate dodging out of stuff early, but it did. It was worth uh, the juice was worth the squeeze there, I guess. No, but you locked in some good husband points for football season. You got to like accumulate as many as possible before football season pops back up. Well, what what has always helped in mm-hmm. in that and shout out to A to Z has been uh, money for the most part. I basically <laughs> go to my wife and I go like, yeah, Saturdays are going to be locked down, which they would be whether I was getting paid or not. Yeah, uh, to talk about Tennessee football. But after A to Z was like, yeah, we'll let you do a show and like mm. give you money for it. And then Allison was like, well, if I got to stay at Dallas, I mean, at least we're getting a little bit of cash for it. You know, so, <laughs> right. Uh, that that definitely helped over me just dragging her to Tennessee football games like I did for for years before that. So, <laughs> you know, that that helps. So you were at you were at UT, right, Charlie? Yeah, went went to UT twice uh, longer than I should have probably. Me too, actually. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, no, we're all the Masters uh, UT people. That's our that's our oh. jam. We love getting Masters <laughs> at UT. That's that's our jam. The amount of money the three of us have given the University of Tennessee Knoxville, uh, we should get a plaque. Uh, oh yeah, my I God. think so. We we deserve some sort of plaque on campus somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, they they did send me a piece of paper, but they could you know you could have framed it or something. I've given you enough money at this point. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Well, it looks like uh, my graduation uh, this December, I think they're possibly going to put it uh, at um, at Neyland instead of TBA, which is what I'm wow. hoping for. The rumor is it's going to be at, T- at uh, Neyland, which I'm here for it because I was nervous about that. I'm like, look, I love TBA, but Neyland graduation, that would be that's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Night graduation at Neyland, even if it's December, might be a little cold, 
but it might not because it's Tennessee and it might be 65 degrees on December 15th. I don't know. I would have. Yeah, that'd been great. I mean, if they had given me the option to, to graduate and, uh, yeah, you know, in Neyland Stadium, I would have actually had a, a few more positive memories of being in Neyland Stadium back <laughs> uh, in that time. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, I, I would have actually for for the master's program, I just decided not to not to walk, not to walk. I Because I, I did it undergrad. I did, yeah. And, and it was cool then. Uh, and so I was just like, wait, hold on. You missed, you skipped out on the, ho- the whole hooding ceremony. You were like, I don't need to get hooded in public. Do they do, is that what they do for, yeah, I'm getting I, hooded. I have a yeah. master's degree and literally don't know like what they, <laughs> I, didn't do it. Hooded. I didn't do it either. So don't, don't feel Y'all bad. Y'all didn't do the hooding? Well, no. I was three weeks into a new job when that was supposed to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, t- I was, I was working. Yeah. And so okay. I, I just like, well, I'll let y'all know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope it's, it's good, especially if it's a new one. That's going to be sick. Yeah. Dude. Fingers crossed. That's the rumor. So um, that'd be cool. Cause I think it's always generally speaking in TBA. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that it, the rumor is uh, Neilan, which is kind of weird because of COVID and everything else. You would assume that Neilan would have picked up uh, being the outdoor venue uh, the right. last couple of years instead of in the auditorium and and in a building and arena. Um, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, go UT all the time, uh, <laughs> as Brian and Charlie and I say. Tennessee is an everything school. People forget. Um, but the Nashville Predators have some stuff that we need to discuss, guys. Brian, um, when you look at the week that was, like the the Preds, they're not slowing down. Uh, they're just like, no, we have some more content for these guys this week. Uh, right. We're going to keep signing folks. We're going to keep this thing churning. Um, what do you make of their latest big signing on a two-year deal, Mr. Nino? Yeah, Nino Nino Ryder. He's, he's, a, he's a guy that I liked. Um, in fact, I think a couple weeks ago, I just talked about him being a guy that kind of was in that realistic range of what they could do, who they could sign. I think he is, well, and this is saying, not saying much, but, you know, he's going to replace what Luke Cunnan did last season on that second line. And that upgrade's like going from the the Nissan pickup, the 92 Nissan pickup, which was my first car that I had to keep a can of oil in. Uh, just okay. to make sure they kept running that that's kind of our the Luke Cunning experience last year <laughs> and with Nino I would say you know it's like it's like upgrading yourself and getting you like a I don't know like a, tw- a 2020 you know pickup truck it's not top of the line it's nothing too special but it's it's a big difference compared to what we saw before you know Luke Cunning again all 82 games last season um, looking at some advanced numbers is I know it's I try not to dig too hard into those advanced numbers like that, but uh, according to Evolving Wild and their and their metrics, uh, Cunningham was the sixth worst forward in the NHL out of 653. Um, so yeah, and and again, you know, you want to give a young guy like that a chance. He was part of that trade um, that came in, so they really wanted to give him that chance to kind of earn it. But he was a restricted free agent coming in there. He wasn't going to get qualified, so they traded him. But Nino is an excellent, excellent uh, upgrade. He's a guy who had uh, 24 goals, I believe, last season um, as the Carolina Hurricanes uh, very nicely pointed out yesterday that he did end his his Hurricanes uh, career with 69 goals. So that's pretty cool. It's um, also pretty six, nice. It's very nice. Um, and 68 assists. So almost almost doubled up and Ooh. got it you know, perfect. Um, but no, I mean, he's a player that's going to bring a lot to this team. He's a really, really great, uh, playmaker. He's, he's a, you know, above average passer. He's a guy that can get in there, um, get in space, but he's also definitely not afraid to come in and get in those high danger areas, get there in the slot, push things in a couple years back when Nashville played Carolina, seemingly about 400 times during the COVID season. Um, he was one of the guys that kind of instigated a lot of stuff. I think him and Mikhail Grandlin got into a, to a spat during one game. And I think he did, uh, you know, almost hurt UC Soros at one point. But uh, I think the best thing ab- about this whole signing is the story that came out about, you know, Roman Yossi and his role on getting him into the getting him to the team. You know, again, a fellow Swiss player. They've been close for some time. Uh, I think Nino was pretty much set on he was going to be an Anaheim duck. Uh, Wednesday night, he said, I went to bed thinking I was going to be in Anaheim. Roman Yossi texted him at like 11, 12 p.m. that night and said, Tell me what, you, what how much money that you're wanting. I will talk to the Preds and we will get this done. And the next morning, he was signed for a deal, you know, two two years, four million, which is absolutely a bargain for for this guy. It's a short deal, so basically a bridge deal to help them decide what they want to do. And you know, I think it was probably a really good move, a really smart move. You know, hats off to Poyle on this one because that was an excellent deal he made. Um, and it does fill fill a pretty good hole in in that top six and makes them a little bit stronger. What do you think, Charlie? So 
this was literally what we talked about last week, if I'm remembering correctly, kind of what we said. It was just like criticism of Poyle is that he's just made these moves that don't get you closer to scoring more goals. <laughs> uh, and this actually does that. Thank God. Like he mm-hmm. actually brought in somebody who, you know, 20 goal scorer and actually brings some heat. As far as that goes, you're replacing a guy who I did not realize kind of was that bad. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> horrific. Uh, but you know, you kind of, it's kind of filling uh, or upgrading, I guess, not just filling all, but really upgrading. And that's good. I would say as far as this goes, is it an indictment? of Poyle at all that it basically took Roman Yossi going, uh, I'll get this done, you know? And it hmm. wasn't cool. I mean, I obviously Poyle is the manager and at the end of the day, it gets handed off to him in that scenario. But the fact that Yossi spearheaded it, obviously he's the captain. And so I'm sure he's, he's involved in when that stuff gets talked about um, behind closed doors. But like, is does that I don't I don't want to say this is sound an, an alarm or anything like that. I'm happy he did it at the end of the day and that's good. But should I go like is this just another sign that Poyle is actually not really making moves like this? He kind of had to be forced into it. Is that cynical? I mean it is cynical, but is it too cynical? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think I mean, yeah, I can see I can see where you're coming from on that. And maybe that's what, you know, again, Yossi was what what was needed to kind of push the deal over. Uh, but, you know, obviously they probably had had talks prior to that. Um, yeah. Again, you know, to get him to sign for four million dollars a year when a lot of projections had him in the six, seven range. Um, there had to been a bunch of work that had to be done before that. Um, I, you know, again, Yossi asking him how much money he wanted. And he said four million that, you know, it's that's kind of that's kind of impressive that, that you know, he came that much under what, what most people were valuing him at. at. And so. Yeah, you know, there's not been a lot of transparency as far as how those negotiation processes went. But I mean, you've got a valid point. Um, but hey, you know, if you've got the guy, if you've got a guy like Roman Yossi, you know, use him, use him to your advantage. I'm sure yeah. this isn't the first case, you know, on any team, let alone the Predators, where they've had, you know, a player really push for a guy he likes to, to come to a team. So Agreed. it should be interesting. I, uh, I, do you think they're done though, Brian? Is this it? Is this one of the last ones, or do you think there's still another two-year interesting bargain signing that's that's out there that they might uh, go after? Yeah, um, I think so. I think they've got around a little over four million dollars in, in in cap space left. Uh, left last time I checked, um, part of that is going to probably be taken up by Yakov Trenin. He's a restricted hmm. free agent. Um, he elected for arbitration, which really didn't surprise anybody. Um, arbitration ob- obviously is that you know they have a set uh, structure for players when they come out of their you know their restricted free agent year about how much you know the qualifying offer has to be. And I think both the Preds and Trenin knew that the the offer that they you know they put out there is probably below what they both want, you know, what Trenton wants to get paid and what the Preds want to pay him. So I'm guessing what they did is they let him go ahead and elect for arbitration. And they're probably going to work for the next two and a half weeks or so on, on getting a deal done beforehand. I would be very surprised if it's not done by about this time next week, probably be another two year deal, probably around, I don't know, let's say 1.4 million Hmm. a year. Um, And I think he kind of earned that being one of the few predators that showed up during the playoffs last season. Um, A guy you didn't probably wouldn't have never expected to be that guy and getting so much time in the NHL, but he's a fun player to watch. He's, he's aggressive. He's a big hitter. Um, He fits perfectly in John Hines system. So I would say he's probably going to get signed, probably putting them closer than to a little under $3 million. So, Free agents, I'm not sure. I think that they're kind of set in that. Um, not necessarily where I would like to be as far as, you know, the bottom half of the roster. But I think if anything happens, it'll probably be a move, you know, as a trade. And and because I think, you know, we still have to watch and see what's happening with with uh, with Ingram. And then, of course, I don't know that they're going to be out of the sweepstakes for, for, for Kachuk, but there's going to be a lot of movement to make that one happen if they do do so. I, I was going to ask, because obviously Kachuk's up in the air, this conventional wisdom is he's going to St. Louis, but St. Louis is super crunched on cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to stuff about it this morning, actually. Um, and supposedly they're going to probably going to have to get a third team involved in any trade mm-hmm. there. Uh, so I wonder if you don't get Kachuk, is, are the Predators an outside contender to be involved in that? circle i i don't know i mean obviously i would love to have matthew kachuk but he seems he's like from st louis right he's like sort of set on that whole 
thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, I mean, man, that now that would change my mm-hmm. opinion of, of Boyle <laughs> if he were to go out and get Kachuk. But oh yeah, most definitely, he's a, he's a really dynamic player. He's he'd become probably right on that same level as, as Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne. He's a younger player, which is fantastic. You know, we're not putting lots of money into a guy that's you know 27 28 like they just did with Forsberg but I think that's an exception um you know so that would be something but I think you know one the, the some of the roadblocks is one they'd have to to move some they'd have to move some salary um Calgary's in a little bit of a crunch because he went for arbitration they'd have to offer him if he doesn't sign he'd have to be like a seven million dollar deal if he doesn't get traded for one year which obviously no team really wants that uh you know and so we're probably going to see some guys you know moving out you know I think a package that would you know get Kachuk to come to Nashville and make it work for for the teams involved. You know, I would not be surprised to see once again, them float Ryan Johansson and his contract. He had a better year last season than he had had since he played for Columbus. Um, you know, obviously he kind of got overshadowed by Duchesne and Forsberg, but he had a really, really great season. And, you know, yeah, it's going to be an upgrade with Kachuk if that's what happened. But, you know, that's not probably the thing that, would be a little bit concerning. You know, I think you, they'd want to see a package that includes somebody like a Dante Fabro, uh, Ellie Tolvanen, maybe Matthias Ekholm. And then, you know, we'd, they'd have to take a long, hard look at, at what they're willing to give up. Cause I imagine Calgary would be like, yeah, let's throw in that Askarov guy in there too, which I don't know that the predators are ready to do something like that. So yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to probably, they have to clear space. They'll probably have to retain a little bit to, to get some, you know, to make that work. And then, you know, he probably wants to sign a long term deal. And so, you know, in addition to just getting them to agree to trade him, if, you know, if they want to use that RFA status to get eight years, which that would be something if, if Poyle added another eight year deal um, <laughs> to this roster, uh, you wow. know, it, it would take a lot of work. And I think St. Louis does is still the front runner for that. Um you know, but Kachuk, again, like you said, this is a much better team with him. I think Nashville is slightly upgraded, a little bit better than they were last season, but I don't see them really moving the needle in the playoffs, you know, much like last year. And so a guy like Kachuk is kind of what you've got left. So, oh, and of course, there's also, you know, Phil Kessel, which is just, again, purely a good move, purely for the entertainment. So, well, I, with that, what I wonder is if, if the Predators did become the third team in that whole carousel. Could you get in for uh, who's the the main guy at, in St. Louis? Uh, why am I drawing a blank? The I mean, they won the cup with him. Uh, the goalie? No, uh, like Rob Thomas. Well, yeah, I mean Rob Thomas, one of the main guys. No, he's, oh, he's a foreign guy. He's a. I am just. Why am I just drawing a complete blank? I also am a drawing and, and the thing, too. the thing that I was listening to this morning said that they would probably have to move him if they brought in Kachuk at. Uh, People. Ryan O'Reilly? No. Uh, uh, Frick. He's, I think he's like Russian. Um, oh, uh, 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 Tarasenko. Yes. They said they, they might have to move. Now he's old. I, I don't know if that would even be worth, you know. He's only 29. Oh, is he? Okay. He's yeah. not as old as I thought. I, I thought he was kind of mid 30s. Um, but, you know, if, if you. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but if he gets moved in that, you know, maybe go, you kind of get a guy like that on the, on the cheap, so to speak. Uh, if you are able to do that, I, I literally, I don't know if that's a possibility, but I know that that, uh, as I said, the things that I've read said that he's probably in the block that would get moved in anything for Kachuk with St. Louis. Yeah. And that'll be a little hmm. bit difficult. He's got that no trade clause. So he would, have oh, to, okay. he'd have to be with, I mean, he, it's, I think it's usually one of those submit 10 teams that you're okay with type of a thing. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. it seems about as likely as Vanderbilt winning the SEC East this fall, but shout out to that one guy at media day who gave Vanderbilt a first place vote. <laughs> uh, so An incredible, yeah, incredible troll fire. job. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, what about uh, Zach Sanford, uh, Brian? You're you're all in on the Zach Sanford signing. You've been saying for days. You were like, "This is the guy who is absolutely going to be playing NHL hockey next season, no doubt about it." He will not be in the AHL. He is someone that I absolutely am ready for and prepared for. Um, and along with every other Preds writer and analyst, right? Yeah, exactly. I think you uh, ex- just basically read the, the message I sent you about 20 minutes before we started recording that it was like, yeah, I know everything about this guy, um, but I can give a little bit now. Now I've done a little bit. So this is a guy who's been basically a, a journeyman. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been in the league about seven years. He's played with he started with the Capitals. He had four years in St. Louis. 
um ottawa for a year winnipeg uh career wise he's got 47 goals 48 assists 95 point guy uh i think He's going to be a fourth line player. I think his deal is going to keep him in the NHL. He's going to be that guy that fills a role like like Michael McCarron or something like that. But for a comparable, he's essentially Nick Cousins. Um, hmm. Not not as great on defense. Uh, it is a little bit of a downgrade in my opinion as far as you know going from him to Cousins. But you know he's a cheaper pickup. He's a guy that you can get in there, and you know he'll probably be in and out of the lineup. You know with guys like Tommy Novak and Cole Smith, both of them who got two way contracts again this this deal. So uh, he's 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 okay. I mean he's a fourth line he's a fourth line player. You're not expecting much. You just want him to get in there, slow the game down, and make sure goals aren't scored against. And so we'll see. He had no goals last year in 18 games with Winnipeg. Um, his career high is 16, I believe, with with St. Louis back in 2019 2020. So I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of him. He's purely a depth signing. Uh, I don't think that, you know, if he's out of the lineup and they bring up one of the AHL guys, I think you're going to get pretty much the same type of production. Uh, so, yeah, this is one of those those cheap signings that that fills the holes that are kind of left by the departing free agents. And it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, I'm I'm very curious to be able to sit down and watch more tape on him. There's not a lot from last year with, with Winnipeg, but, you know, see what he can do. And, uh yeah, that's cheap signing. You can't really hate it one way or another because it's just a probably, you know, real cheap deal. And uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> he's another high flyer, though. He was highly uh, picked. He was a 61st overall pick nine years ago. So he's still late 20s. I mean, hey, high pedigree. And mm-hmm. it's just a flyer. It's just one of those guys you just throw in the group mm-hmm. and you see what happens. And it's uh, no real risk here bringing in Sanford, I think, uh, by and large. Um, when you look at Nashville's offseason moves, Charlie, where do you where do you come down on them around the NHL? Do you feel pretty good about what they've done this offseason in comparison to what other teams are doing? Well, kind of like Brian said, just as it currently sits, I I don't think you're looking at a Cup team um, as as it. Well, is. was there a path to making them a Cup team this offseason? If you made an extreme move like picking up Kachuk, I mean, I, yeah. I think that's that's an all in move. You're you're really going for it, and that as I said, that's that's where I would be really impressed. Of course, I'm. I'm the same type of guy that I was like for for my Titans. I was like, mortgage the future, sell it all off, get me Tom Brady, get me Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. I want to win a super. You know, so I'm I'm that same kind of guy. I I like. You don't deserve team. nice things. You ruined Julio Jones. You ruined the memories. <laughs> we gave you Julio. We were like, here's this Ferrari. Take care of it. And you Julio. did no such thing. Yeah. No. And uh, that. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't even get me started. I I could go for an hour on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that that's kind of where I come from on that. And it, I just, yeah, I, I don't know that there is a, a way that they could have really built back to that cup team status because you just look at how good these good teams are right now. I mean, t- Tampa is going to have to shave off some pieces their main guys are getting older and they're gonna have to deal with that and it, cl- it clearly showed i mean the avalanche just were skating circles around them they, they, mm-hmm. i don't i don't know that i watched a single game in that series where i was like tampa's really they they've played well in this game they're really controlling this game the avalanche just mm-hmm. had a strangle well we saw it in, in person it was the avalanche series was horrific where oh. you're just like I, I remember I, I said something to my fiance where I was like, it's weird watching a game where it feels like you're Vanderbilt football, where you're just mm-hmm. trying to hold the hold the line. Like, that's all it is. You like, you know, you're not scoring and you're just like, can we get to a zero zero into the third period? Can we yeah. hold it that much? And it was it was a weird series from that perspective well, where and, it's just like we, I, I had some false hope going into that series because we I think two weeks earlier we had gone to Colorado and won in like overtime. We've mm. beaten them, I think. And I was like, well, we did beat them mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And then you actually, you just see it stretched out to a, a whole series and you're just like. Not nearly enough catfish magic. Like no, we no. needed some more catfish. It's it's just no, it's just nowhere close. And it, yeah. and it totally sailed by Poyle. It's what makes me the most frustrated is because he had the opportunity to really make all in moves. Also the opportunity to totally shake things up. And he did neither of those. At either time, and now, I talking about the Titans. I you're really in a position to kind of do what the Titans did this offseason and sort of just admit like Super Bowl window might be closed. We're gonna have to. We just AJ Brown's got to go, and we we're making room, and we're just gonna see if we can 
you know, shift some pieces around, see what happens. And that, and I think the Predators are even further down that rabbit hole than the Titans are because the Titans still have a fresh Derrick Henry and stuff like that. But, you know, you just have a, an, an aging Yossi and a, relatively speaking, an aging Forsberg, uh, you know, just some things like that where your best pieces are probably on the other side of the hill. Yeah. And I, I, well, it's also like, I, I'm I don't know what the right would have been, but. It's, well, I'm also uh, kind of surprised, or I guess I'm. it's something to monitor over the next couple of years, Brian, is that like he's 72 now and he has been this GM for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you start to get antsy. We see this owner syndrome where like the learners, the Illich family, when you're getting up there, you're like, all right, we got to figure something out. I don't like I just not to get morbid, but it's like, hey, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be GMing the Predators. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer I want to do this day to day. Right. Like that's something to consider is like, I wonder if he goes all in sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, his kid right after too. Yeah. yeah. That's there's a lot to, lot to think about with that, but, and we can bring all this back (laughs) and make this Tennessee talk that we had earlier worth Mm -hmm. it. Uh, You know, we saw, we saw that Bill Haslam joined the ownership. He was going to be joining Mm -hmm. the ownership group, you know, on a path to becoming a majority owner. And uh, you know, so that may be, you know, the ownership group may be happy with how Poyle is doing things and letting him kind of go at his own pace and things, but Things could change. I mean, this is Haslam and he's one of those guys, you know, as we all know, he will he's willing to dump money into things to make, you know, to make give the give the team an advantage. It's not quite the same as what you would do with SEC football. Um, He's not building, you know, Vanderbilt, a new band building like they did for us when I was there. But he doesn't strike me as the same personality type as Jimmy. Uh, It seems like they're wired differently. Yeah, a little bit. I've I've actually interacted with him Uh some amount. I used to work. Bill, not Jimmy. Yes, Bill. Bill specifically. Okay. I, I interned a marketing firm way, uh-huh. way back around my college days and ended up working some amount on his governor campaign at that marketing firm. Yeah. And he is really, really mild mannered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know Jimmy at all. I'll say he's really Bill. He just doesn't asshole. seem that at all. Yes. Yeah, so like he. There, there are guys where you would go like, oh, he's probably going to come in and like really take charge. He's, mm-hmm. he's doing this for a reason, kind of like a hostile takeover sort of situation yes. where it's like, I want to I want to buy in so that I can correct this thing. Right. I don't get that vibe off of Bill. Not to say that he'll make bad It's moves. like an investment where he's like hands off. He's like, boils have got it. They're cooking. Like, I'm fine. I just yeah. want to own the team and be part of Nashville and have an, a sports that's, team that I own. That's kind of what it feels like because like Jimmy's a meddler. I mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I said, I, I don't know him personally, but he just hands on everything. If it doesn't go his way, just look at the way he just has driven the Browns into the ground. I mean, it just, well, it's also just seeing the two, the completely different ways of building where he's like, all right, we're going to do Moneyball. All right, never mind. Now we're giving a crazy guaranteed contract to uh, name redacted and all of that. Like, it's just there's no <laughs> there's mm. no long term planning. It feels like where he's just like, uh, yeah. we're dumping wherever, and if you get his attention, it's kind of like a Vince McMahon thing to me. Is who who he reminds me of. Where Vince is, was always like someone who it was reported that he was he just would always scrap the script right before a show. Like that's just what he does. Is he's just <laughs> like, ah, this is gonna work right before. I could see Jimmy Haslam and just like, ah, this is not gonna work. And it's like you, it, it takes time. And it's like, no, no, no. Let, get get somebody else in here. Let's see what they have to say. And uh, that's how he is. I don't I don't think Bill is like that. I hope not. Yeah, we'll <laughs> I see. I mean, but but on the other hand, you know, again, this might be he might be the push that says, you know, hey, this ownership group, they've been happy with what Poyle has done. Obviously, Poyle's riding off that cup run and, you know, mm-hmm. he's been only, you know, the only GM, but he also doesn't have a cup. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely possible that he tries to go all in, you know, these next couple of years to try to get that for himself. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised that once Haslam, you know, is is in the fold fully that he he pushes and I think that might be a good good argument or at least, you know, that he may not he wants to open that GM search up and not just go and pass it on to Brian Poyle, um, which I, we've asked a couple of times and the official answer is, you know, there's no plans on on succession or anything of that ma- of that. But you have to take that with a grain of salt. So and as we've seen with the HBO hit show, succession is relatively easy. It's a el- relatively easy process that should be totally <laughs> fine and normal. Yeah, I uh, think so. Do you do you think at all that they have a mind on cashing in on the trendiness of Nashville at the moment? Because it, it it seems like it. It was always, especially when the Titans moved there, 
and I guess I think this because I just, you know, my half my family's lived in Nashville my entire life. I was born, I mean, I was born there I, in Nashville, lived there till I was five and have gone there a billion times since then. <laughs> um, you know, I, I never thought of it as like a des- a real destination. And then in the last 10 years, it's become this like really hip spot where you got actual celebrities that live in the city. You have uh, actual, you know, <laughs> culture and, you know, food and all of these things that have, weren't really there in the past. And I wonder if they have a mind, especially Haslam, just because he's a guy that just loves to see his name on buildings and, you know, all of that type of stuff. If he's kind of like, this is a thing like that, that could help. Obviously it helps the city. If you have a great team that, that you can have like they did where they had the big watch parties and all that stuff. And you kind of go, maybe we can, attract players too because that was sort of the situation with Duchesne. right he, he was sort of like i love nashville country music he's like friends with luke bryan or whatever and um I, w- I wonder if they're sort of like maybe we can cash in on on nashville's up and comingness and get some guys now that it's actually an attractive place mm-hmm. to, to come and be and not just like oh it's this a big city in the south oh um, yeah I mean, they, again, the cup run helped that a lot. Everybody kind of sees, you know, another thing I've learned in, in covering is that a lot of, especially Canadian players, they're, they're just big. They're all big country music fans. You know, yeah. they're all, you that's know, that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's that, but I mean, one of the biggest things for Nashville that's helped them is the, you know, the state income tax and they're not being in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Nino's $4 million goes a whole lot farther here than it would say down in Florida or out in California or something like that. And so that does definitely does help. Um, retaining guys like Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi, who are, you know, some of the best players from their countries, you know, in the world, you know, so you've got that. They, they see that you've got, you know, commitments with, with Matthias Ekholm and Matt Duchesne, uh, Mikhail Granlin, another, you know, another Swiss player, you know, again, that's, that's um, something that, you know, they have, I'm sorry, he's not Swiss, but he played with him in Minnesota. Sorry. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of things that, that, that went well for that. And there's a lot to offer for teams, obviously, the hardest part, though, for a lot of free agents or trades is to say, this might be a great place for you to come and play for a few years. But, you know, is this going to be a place where you're going to be able to win a cup in the next couple of years? And so far, I'm not sure that that's that's going to be possible. Um, you know, you know, a ton, ton of times in the last few years, you know, you get into that place with a certain football team or something, you know, where we're just like getting a bowl game. That's where they need to be. Doesn't matter what bowl. It could be the, you know, the something in Shreveport. Uh, and you know, the next year, you know, that's how last year was for the Preds for me. I think getting into the playoffs was basically where they should, where they needed to get to, you know, to kind of continue where they were growing. Uh, as they are now, they might be a second round team. Um, I just don't think that they have that firepower the way that the team plays. They're not a transition, a high flying. They're not Colorado. They're kind of the opposite of how Colorado plays. They are, they're tough. They want to keep you on the boards. They want to forecheck hard and create turnovers to create those offense. And so, you know, it's, we're going to have to see a Kachuk would, would drastically change the outlook for this team for me, um, especially in the near future. I think that that's a mortgage, the future move too. Uh, but you know, that's it. Hopefully, you know, if they can get a guy like a Chuck to come here rather than St. Louis, I think they've kind of got to that point where maybe they're, a, they're a destination team now. And so uh, we'll see how that turns out. Is Kachuk a fan of party buses? How do we know? <laughs> <laughs> probably pedal taverns things like that yeah does yeah. he enjoy honky tonks can he <laughs> probably i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i mean like you said dude all those canadian guys you see them they they love country music is huge mm-hmm. uh, with that set so i who knows man and it seems like a lot of country music stars like dating uh hockey players it seems oh, like yeah. there's a crossover there too um i don't know because i think uh yeah i don't know that's uh that's an interesting thing to monitor but i my head's just in murfreesboro and really getting murfreesboro popping so we can bring back middle tennessee state uh blue raider football and where that program's at that's where my headspace is at nashville's <laughs> going to be fine i want to bring murfreesboro back i'm that's what i'm ready for they've they got some culture out that way you got uh what like errington vineyards is like 15 minutes down the road there you go you got yeah. some stuff out there you know okay it's coming up there you go. Um, we'll end on this. One more move that you would like to see them make, uh, Charlie. This one final move. If it's not, is it? Uh, you, you don't have to go the out the the all time move to get them back in serious cup contention. Like, let's just remove the the flame star from this. Who wh- is there? One particular thing that you've got your eye on that you would like to see them do in the next week or so? 
it, admittedly, I, I don't know the free free agent market off the top of my head that well to be like it would definitely be that guy, but it would be more. I, I would put it this way, mm. just more in the vein of uh, of this Niederreiter move. It's just actually an emphasis on scoring and mm. and just a, a switch up from what they've been doing. Like what at what point? Does the management of the team go? The stuff we have been trying to do is not working. We are losing in the first round every single year. And the best team in the league embarrassed us completely. Mm. Uh, Like, at what point do they go, all right, maybe we should do something different? Uh, Because it just don't, don't be like the University of Tennessee where it took the whole thing getting torn down to the ground. Don't let it get there. That's that's all that I ask. And it, it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Uh, you, you said it, at this current form, they may be a second-round team. I think even this past year, they're probably a second-round team if they play Dallas mm-hmm. uh, in that first round. If they would have just won the final game of the season, they maybe could have made it to the second round. Yeah. Um, but that still is just... I mean, it's just mediocrity, and and surely Poyle is like, what can I do to get a cup? Just something, something with urgency. That, that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Something with urgency is is what I would like to see. And I just, I don't know if that's going to happen. But who, Brian, you knowing the the market at the moment probably better than I do. You watching it every single day. Who would that be? Yeah. So let's, yeah. You know, say, you know, Kachuk doesn't work out, um, you know, that you've got a little, you got limited space. And so there may be some more casualties, but you can get a guy, you know, uh, Evan Rodriguez. Um, I like him a lot. He played with, I believe Pittsburgh last year. He was on a $1 million deal. Um, He was very strong. Again, he was a guy who had, let me make sure, uh, 19 goals and 24 points. So not far off from where Niederreiter was. Um, He's had a really big resurgence in the last couple of years. Um, And I've, you know, I'm a huge fan of his and he would be a guy that you could slot in on that third line or on the second line, to be honest, Um, you know, because the bottom six, six is still pretty suspect because your your best players on that bottom six right now are Tanner Janot and Colton Sissons, which I love Colton Sissons with all my heart, but it's Colton Sissons, you know, it's, it's yeah. And so he's like, um, again, I hate to go back to UT, but he, he's kind of the Dane Bradshaw of, of the pre- predators, uh, hockey. <laughs> Great I mean, he's, comparison. He, he's there. He works really hard. He's, you know, a guy that people like, but you know, and every once in a while he'll, he'll beat the number, help you beat the number one team in the country in Florida with, with Bruce Pearl. But it's, you know, that's the bottom six is just weak. And that's kind of where it was last season. Again, you know, if the predators, Kachuk is going to be their way to get them into being an actual contender. A guy like Evan Rodriguez, I think, would be somebody who good that hmm. takes this from a, you know, more football metaphors from an Independence Bowl team to maybe an Outback Bowl type of a team. You know, a guy, <laughs> a, a play, a team that can get in that second or third round. Colorado is just, you know, Sackick has done such an amazing job there. You know, getting young guys in there, getting good deals. These guys are coming in there playing at a discount because you know who wouldn't want to play for the Avalanche right now. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a guy that they, they get if, if Kachuk falls through. But then again, we didn't really see, you know, Niederreiter being on, on the Preds radar um, much, you know, in, in the media. And so there could be another trade option out there they're working on as a backup. But it's going to take something in order to really get them into a win now mode. It's going to take some work and probably take a lot of it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go and get somebody at the trade deadline next season as well to kind of help bolster that. It so does... good. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. It it does really feel to continue the Tennessee comparisons we're doing probably too many of them. I love that outback comparison. Right. Uh, that was a good uh, yeah, that's great analogy. That was good. Um, but I it feels like with the Avalanche now, it's it's Tennessee with Georgia, where hmm. Georgia you you had them mm-hmm. in 2016, you beat them two years in a row. And then you fell asleep at the wheel, and they just whoosh, just zoomed by you. Mm-hmm. And it's the, with the Predators. I mean, you you had them in the what the twenty eighteen playoffs. You disposed of them relatively easily, and, mm-hmm. and you get to the second round against Winnipeg, and you lose in one of the worst game sevens in the history of hockey. And uh, you know, and then just the Avalanche looked at that, and they went, "Hey, what if we just went and we, you know, we did what the Predators aren't willing to do, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, built the best team in hockey?" Like it that it just feels very similar. And so you look at that. 
obviously with Tennessee, maybe we can get recruits and kind of get back on the level, but it's not like that with hockey where you can just go like, if we try hard enough and we, you know, we pay them an unlimited sum of money, maybe they'll come here. Uh, it's, it's just not that easy. Uh, so I'm, I, I I don't know I don't know what you do what where <laughs> what what do you do to level that playing field at this point I'm not totally sure. Yeah, it's you know I've been kind of a guy who's been in favor for the past couple of years to to do the rebuild to to hmm. you know Bear get down. down to the to the big part the, you know keep your Forsbergs and your Yossi and all of that the Duchesne but kind of you know having a year where they're just not very good because you know you get those draft that's how they ended up with Askarov they got a guy in the drafts at seventh at 17 which is awesome but you know maybe that's just what you need is you need to start you know shedding contracts you need to start getting stuff at the deadline again moving a guy like Ryan Johansson uh you know like at the deadline for a team that really wants to compete or you know finish up Calgary you know Calgary also could use a guy like uh Ryan Johansson you know down the road or something like that so it's it's it'll be interesting to see because if if Kachuk signs that means the window at least they believe the window is back and wide open uh but you know the amount of what they're going to have to give up to make that work and you know and additionally signing him to a long contract for a bunch of money you know that's going to hurt the long-term prospects in the future as as far as them being a team that competes in five years you know rather than the next two and so we'll see how it turns out you know I think if 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 Kachuk doesn't work out I think you know they can make those smart moves to kind of make this a team that can kind of still be in stasis. They're a little bit better. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Poyle handles the next, the next few weeks. Go for broke, please, please. There you go. Uh, we'll end with this. Nico. <laughs> because that uh, video does really good numbers. Always on this one. Me just shouting Nico. Uh, it always does great for Tennessee folks. Um, Dude. The, the recruiting man that is we we've hit the the gold mine with my my own show with tennessee folks the recruiting i it's it's people insane. love it I, well I, and i think the connection is that the folks that are the most connected online mm. and our tennessee fans are huge recruiting people so they yes. follow 247 they follow rivals that's like why huge sickos who are on the message boards all the time just yeah who will tweet at any recruit who posts oh, like man. go big orange or anything. They're right there in the mentions. Like, yeah, let's go pick big, big, big orange. Let's well, go. The one, the one that I ha- hate mm-hmm. is that there are people that are so informed in all of that to, in my opinion, to an almost mm-hmm. creepy extent, like we'll, <laughs> we'll say stuff on the show and be like, Oh yeah, this kid, something, something. And then somebody in the comments will be like, well, don't you know, that his uncle works at the gas station down on campus and that he was talking he was his uncle was talking to my friend and that they mm-hmm. and I'm like how was I supposed to no I you know right. it's not like I I don't spend I have a you know stuff to do I can't mm-hmm. spend all day like <laughs> scouring this kid's family history um oh my goodness yeah, that's just a on yeah <laughs> people love people love the recruiting uh that bottom line of that whole thought <laughs> yeah and that's i mean we were all i'm sure we were all there at that some point being on on the message boards and talking about that stuff and and thinking you know caring very wildly about a high school guy's you know decision as to where he's gonna go i can't imagine what it's like now with nil uh it's it's got to be something something crazy but you know on the other hand you get something like with with hockey again he's like you're gonna draft a guy and you're not going to see him for three or four years, which mm-hmm. still blows my mind because it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess we'll find out in a little while. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's one of those where, again, like you talk about Tennessee, you know, getting these recruits in and stuff like that and, and keeping good track of this. Hockey is like, yeah, we can watch a guy who goes and plays high school football in Texas and he's going to be on TV probably or on, you know, the Ocho on ESPN or something like that, but you can see it. But you're not going to be able to see a guy who plays in the second level, uh, the second level Czech league you know, for the next two years, he's like, yeah, find good luck finding a stream for that type of a stuff. And so thankfully we don't get that, you know, in hockey, the best you get is, well, this is what his agent d- did for another guy. So we'll see. Put him in Knoxville. <laughs> Why are the ice bears? Not one of the predators affiliates. What are we doing? Why are the ice bears not involved here? I believe they're not ECHL. And so yeah, th- they're not. Yeah. And so I think they just lo- actually, they had a, they've been with Florida Everblades for the last two years with the ECHL, mm-hmm. but they switched over to go be the Panthers affiliate. And so a lot, a lot of talk about them going with, with Charlotte. 
um, as being that ECHL thing. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see more stuff with the Ice Bears. But again, talking about Haslam, I'm excited. We're going to see a little bit or- well, more. If orange. there's anybody who's going to do it, it'd be Haslam to be like, yeah. hey, we have Knoxville over here. Like, let's just go ahead and tap in here. And it's such yeah. a fun little like cult I, yeah know, i've been to a ton of games it's just such a fun thing to do just during during the winter is just go to the games have a beer you know watch hockey it's fun and yeah it, it really is and there's I, an unbelievable smoking section outside that you get to <laughs> <laughs> there is yeah can i, I don't think i'm say, joking it's the most packed smoking section you'll ever see in 2022 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but speaking of you know Knoxville and stuff, mm-hmm. I've always I've floated this idea several times before. But why not get Nashville and Carolina in a stadium series game Ooh. in Neyland Stadium? I'm saying that, that's yeah. a good one. I mean, you know, I thought for years the whole the dream of of the Bristol game was never going to happen. Yeah. And why not? I mean, Nissan Stadium apparently did fine. I had COVID, but you know they did pretty pretty well. But I mean, Knoxville would be perfect. You know, you probably yeah. have a little bit better as far as you know winter weather things like that. It's, you know, you're right there in between the two teams. I, I can't see That'd why be something fun. like that wouldn't work. Right there in the middle? Mm-hmm. I like that. Have they done, they haven't done one at a college stadium yet, have they? I do. Uh, Notre, I mean, they, did they do Notre Dame? They, yeah, they've done Notre Dame. I think they've done okay. like Yankee Stadium or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know Yankee Stadium, yeah. I do wonder if they really, if they've done like a feasibility study because mm. – there just aren't the people who are Predators fans. Is uh, uh, most of the time are not Tennessee fans. Like they're just not. There's mm. not a lot of crossover there. So Knoxville is actually kind of an odd spot to do that. Well, that's wow. what you want to do. You want to grow in. You want to tap into that market. Exactly like, right. You want to well, get them engaged because it's not far. Nashville is not far from Knoxville. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's my point. Like with the Ice Bears, it's never made sense to me that they mm. aren't affiliated with the Predators because there there is such an opportunity to grow the game mm. here. So I've, I've always found when I explain to Tennessee fans like about hockey and then get to the point where they'll actually watch a game they go like yeah that was like really violent and crazy mm-hmm. and really fun <laughs> like you you get people in and you go yeah like yeah it's it's kind of like football except like even more violent and, it's the like, most <laughs> in per- it's the most fun in-person sport to go to I think oh yeah hands oh, yeah. down and I think that will always be an advantage for hockey. And it's just when people go, like you said, they're like, oh, yeah, like the Atlanta Gladiators. I went to so many of those games like growing up and it's just people like it. And like you said, it's a cult type thing. And you're like, why was the Atlanta Gladiators not the affiliate for the Atlanta Thrashers? What are we doing? Like, why was that not for right. the suburb folks? Like, why would you not just have that easy pathway to build that? And you're like, oh, watch this first round pick from uh, who will be on the roster in a couple of years for the Thrashers. Just watch him now. And then mm-hmm. get ready. Like that's it's just so weird. They don't like that's not just an obvious thing. Like the Braves do that. You have the Gwinnett Stripers and you have the Gwinnett Braves and then the Atlanta Braves. So people like were able to just kind of get ready. So you can watch Acuna before he goes to Atlanta. You have Rome, Mississippi. Like there, it all makes sense. Like the Braves organizational structure based on their cities and farm system all makes sense and it works. And you mm-hmm. tap into that market where it's like, oh, you want to go watch a rehab start for Max Freed. Guess what? Seven dollars to go watch him in Gwinnett for the Silver mm-hmm. Fox. Like that's that's an easy pitch. Yeah, and I think you know again, growing the sport and growing you know the team in 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 the state because again, there's not a ton. I think St. Louis is the maybe the closest team to Nashville. I mean, there's oh you know, wow, hmm. uh, I I could be wrong on that one, but that's I mean, probably right. They've got they've got space. You know, they can take advantage of the fact that nashville's home you know home hometown football team the alabama crimson tide you know you get you get your fans down there in alabama to to you know come up to nashville more often and you know in order for something like that to be like a stadium series or something like that you know you would need obviously you need the interest which i think nashville has but you'd probably need somebody who's got connections um both with the university of tennessee and the state as a whole a guy with a whole lot of money and pull to do that and i think they've got that now so who could that maybe (laughs) So again, there's some good things. One, I get to Hoops annoy among us. Let me go ahead and let me walk around the U- University of Tennessee campus and see how many of a certain person's last name pops up around uh, around campus. Uh, maybe that person could do something. Send yeah. us a bill. Send him this podcast. See if we can get him to. Oh, definitely, Bill. Bill if you're watching, come on. Stadium series. Ice Bears affiliate, yes. stadium series in Neyland. Let's go. Yeah, and give some more money to the UT uh, Hockey Club. They do a really Ooh, good job. Their jerseys are phenomenal. I bought yeah. one, actually. Um, they are yeah. fantastic jerseys. Yeah, and so, you know, shout out to them. Give them some more money, too. Yeah, come on. We got this. Bill, we're your team right here. We've got all the advice you could possibly need. 
hire yes. hire us to do yes. a, a show. Give us money. We'll yeah. marketing. We'll, we'll take care of all of it. Run <laughs> mm-hmm. any co- like where you're like, oh, will fans like this? No, they will not. Stop it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's what college football czars and ads and presidents have needed for, and TV execs uh, specifically have needed uh, and plus, a lot the last couple you, of years. Wouldn't you love to see a bunch of bachelorettes on a pedal tavern go down the hill? You know, around the stadium, <laughs> things like that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Charlie, Brian, what can uh, the good folks check out from on the four check and everywhere else this week from you? Uh, yeah, we've got a lot. When we talk about, you know, some of the free agent uh, additions that are coming up, you know, the ones that are there, we're going to do a little bit more trade talk. Um, we had an article last week talking about what we saw at development camp, which actually was a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, again, we got to see Askarov just acting a fool and it was amazing. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot going on. Hopefully, you know, if a move happens in the next week, that may be kind of the end of the offseason for the team. So we'll see. You know, we'll find out and we'll have a really, really good idea of where this team is headed probably here in the next week or so. Um, but yeah, on the forecheck, you'll see a bunch of stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Baston. And again, Renegades Puck with, with Charlie Sonye on YouTube. Um, you know, if we drop another episode, we had another one last week. You know, come and check that stuff out and we'll keep you up to date. There you go. Uh, Charlie, what about you? A to Z Sports. What can we look out for you this week? Azsports.com, the big orange podcast uh, every Monday around three in the afternoon. Usually I don't drop at a specific time because uh, I'm lazy and just, you know, we just kind of record whatever we can. Uh, but uh, actually, I can I can sort of break this news. We're going to start doing live stream shows. We did our, our first one okay. ever yesterday. It was wow. a resounding success, actually. I was kind of shocked by how many people tuned in. So there's a little breaking news for you. We're going to do live podcast. And then uh, during the football season, when that begins here in well, like a month, uh, I do a game day show with Jonathan Crofton for, uh, for A to Z, too. Uh, so uh, that's half, halftime post game on, on A to Z sports.com. So just go there. Check it out. There you go. Brian, Charlie, thank you as always. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I will talk to you both next week. We'll be there. All right, y'all, that'll do it for the Saturday, July 23rd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you, as always, uh, to Brian and Charlie for coming on this edition of the program. If you enjoyed our conversation today, please, please, please make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if that's how you tuned in today's show. Uh, It helps other people find the show and it helps this show continue to grow. Make sure you check out our uh, check out our youtube page at youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe all of our content over there as we continue growing out that channel that'll do it for the saturday edition here on the program miss go big orange friday uh right here in this feed so look out for that for all my tennessee folks uh right there on Apple podcast spotify or however you get your podcasts uh it will be right there uh new episode tomorrow sports reporters we have indeed reassembled uh on the sunday show so excited to talk with those guys uh again as we wrap up our weekend programming so look out for that all that good stuff uh that'll do it uncle darren how to do uncle derek why am i saying uncle they're just uncle Derek. how did i do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah